Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. So exciting news this week. Yeah, we added music to the intro of our podcast. Yeah, we did. Uh, your buddy from work. Yeah, we had a Tom, uh, Tom Cox professional voiceover. It actually turned out really well. Uh, I think the moment where I was like super pumped to edit the latest episode was when you sent it to me and it had that attached to it. I was like, oh, this sounds so much more official now. I think we know what we're doing. We still don't. We, yeah, we still don't. But each, <laughs> week's get, each week's get better, so that's good. Um, and the other exciting news off of that, our boy Verana, back in Detroit. That is exciting for him as a person. That's exciting for all of us because yeah. I think all of us wanted nothing but success. good things and success for him. We haven't seen him suit up in Detroit yet, but there's a big part of me that thinks we see him in the next game after how last night's game went. Honestly, I was surprised that they didn't put him in last night because... Lalonde committed to not changing anything I during that win streak, and I respect that. I respect the heck out of that because you don't fix what's not broken. You don't Jeff Blaschel it, put it in a blender, and hope you still go on. <laughs> he did the right thing. Yes, it sucks to see Verona sitting, but we are a forward short on the team, so they needed to call up somebody no matter what. They called up Verona. He's going to get that shot while he's up there. And he doesn't have to clear waivers within the first 30 days to come back to us. That was That's the key. That was the key to it. Eisenman is a freaking genius. Yeah, he is. So, Verona's going to most likely see some NHL ice time here. Super excited for that. I kind of hope it just is like Zadina when he got back there. Because Zadina's been on a tear since he got there. He's been playing so much better. They need to put the brothers together. The Czech brothers. Oh my gosh. Zadina, Rana, and Suter. I love when they're together already. So, I yeah, I'm ready for that. So, super pumped for him. Congrats to him. Again, always wishing him nothing but the best. But we could have really used you this weekend. <laughs> Man, we could have used some offense from him this weekend. But let's, well, uh, let's get into this weekend. Well, we got to start at Wednesday first. Oh, boy. Wednesday was a fun one. So we'll talk Wednesday's game, Thursday, Friday's game. <laughs> and then we'll talk Toledo. We'll talk a little Flint Firebirds. Lombardi action. Because yeah. he's been on a tear. And we'll talk about everyone's favorite coach, Ben Simon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was topic of discussion Friday night. Well, yes, he was, yes, and he continuing was. into the weekend. But buckle up, this is going to be a fun one. We are your hosts, Nick, GR Hockey Guy. And I'm Brandon, also just Brandon Cook on Twitter. No, you got some numbers there or something. Oh, like yeah, 397. Uh, what does this mean? What does that mean? That's actually... A lot of people have been writing in asking. Oh, totally. I know we have so many listeners that have wrote in asking about that. Yeah, but I don't let that's you see a- them. That's actually been my Twitter handle since, uh, God, what is it now? Seven, eight years? You think you'll change it? Maybe, uh, but that was my work. My, my Twitter was originally created as just a work Twitter because I wanted nothing to do with Twitter when I was younger. And when I worked for Target, I had to have a Twitter. That's weird. It was weird. Uh, the three nine seven was our store number. Oh, that makes and sense. And I've never changed it since. You should change it. I definitely should. To like so anyone has Brandon Cook. Anyone has suggestions uh, other than that? Let me know. <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday was a good game, um, for the most part. I don't know. It was a weird game. Um, There's a lot of goals. There's there so many goals. Uh, a lot of goals, a lot of shots, um, a lot of things to be happy about with it. But yeah, it was a weird one. It's like one of those ones where you're like, man, we should have won this one like 5-2 to two maybe. And then it ended up being a 5-4 game, which ended up being a nail-biter, which should have never been. Was it back and forth, or was it just like, we were up by a bunch, and then they came back, like... Please incite us, because a lot of us couldn't watch it at home, because <laughs> the, the whole video stream was off. I thought, when I turned it on, I was watching it, and I saw that Verona walked through the tunnel, and I'm like, what? Because I know they called him up, and I'm like, Brandon, Verona's there. And then I realized the feed was still from the last game. That's terrible. That's where I was like, that's where the disconnect with me was. Because I was like, no, he was on a plane in like Colorado and the Wings had called him up. I was like, so why is he back here? You're sure you hadn't clicked on the previous game to watch I, it? That's what I thought too. So then I went <laughs> back and I was like, well, maybe I'm on the wrong game. And I refreshed and I was still, there was no TV feed. So, yeah. Well, you asked if it was back and forth. So the way it broke down is Griffin scored three goals. Then Rockford scored two. Griff scored two more, Rockford scored two. So a little bit of back and forth, but it was pure dominance at first for Grand Rapids. It was two goals in the first, and then what we had another 
had one goal in the second, Rockford had two in the second, and then we each had two in the third. So it got real close, real nail-biting. Uh, not what I wanted to see with it, for sure. It was, I mean, it was great to get a win. Let's start there. It's great to get a win. It's always good to get wins. Always good to get wins. Especially. Division opponents. Yeah. Big wins. Um, and Toledo had won earlier in the day. So yeah. we needed to keep the streak alive for our team. And the Wings won that night. And the Wings won that night. Which, so it was a great day for <laughs> hockey for us. Like, best day possible. Um, with that game, though, there's a lot of highlights for some important people. One being Simon. Simon, I heard, was had a great game. Simon had an incredible game that, unfortunately, nobody could watch. Oh. <laughs> it's the worst part. Um, yeah, how many, what was his stat total? Uh, one goal, three assists. Three assists. Four, so one goal, four? three assists? 50 Sorry. points. As a pro. Stat total, one goal, three assists, plus five. Plus five. Remember, we won five four. He was on the goal for, or on the ice for every goal. Nice. Yeah. That's good stuff. And he wasn't on the ice for any of the four goals we let up. <laughs> so that was nice. So it was a great game for Simon. Simon and Johansson was his uh D partner that night. So Is he typically matched up with Johansson? It seems like lately, until Friday, but we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the good that seems to be his pairing. It's either him and uh Johansson or him and Lashoff. That seems to be the two pairings there. And when Lashoff is his partner, it seems like Simon has more free reign to go be offensive, do what he kind of wants to do. And then Lashoff's the stay-at-home defenseman in that situation. And then when him and Johansson are paired, they both kind of just play off each other really well. So it's interesting. Well, it makes sense to play him with Lashoff because Lashoff's played in the NHL. So he's, I mean, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. That's why it makes sense for him to be paired with Edmondson. Yeah. Lashoff with Simon, good for his development. Uh, but that night, paired with Johansson most of the night, and it seemed to work out pretty well. Johansson had two assists in that game as well. Oh, dang. So the the prospects were looking good in that game. You think Johansson would probably stay in Grand Rapids next season as well? <sighs> That's a tough call. After the wing signing Mata, I think so. I think that signing kind of throws a wrench into everything I thought would happen next year because I definitely saw those two being there. I think I saw Simon being a first or second line defenseman, either paired up with Mo or paired up with Heronic because that's the two I would pair him up with in my head. I don't see Edmondson being a third defenseman group unless he comes in and does pretty bad. But signing Mata really throws it into there. I thought Johansson would be that kind of third guy. He would kind of take the spot of Lindstrom there because I don't see Lindstrom coming back next season. Not either. And then we said Wallman too up there. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to ever think about breaking up Wallman and Mo. That's too perfect right now. It's been a good pairing. Um, so at that point, you'd see Edvinson as a second pairing with Heronic, and you'd see Sherratt and whoever the other third pairing, or Sherratt and Mata at that point. That could be interesting. Wednesday's game. Fun. Exciting, terrifying. You had good seats too. Uh, yeah, you hooked us up that night, sir. You're welcome. moving the seats around three rows off the ice uh, for a buddy and me that a buddy that's never been to a Griffin's game as really? far as I know. That was his first so, one. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an experience for him there. Did he love it? He had a really good time. That was really cool. So is yeah. he gonna come back? I mean, if we offer him, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind going with Harrison. Yeah, no, for sure. That's cool. I like that. I get a lot of, like, fulfillment <laughs> when we bring new people in. Yeah. Uh, growing the game. Growing the game. So Wednesday. Anything else important happen Wednesday? Mm. Anything good? Anything bad you want to talk about for Wednesday's game? Depends on how you feel. <laughs> I mean, after Friday's game, I feel pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, Wednesday's game is a very large contrast to uh, Friday's game, but... My my concerns in that game were the concern I think we've had all season with the Griffins. It's they need to shoot the puck. Like I understand passing, setting up, making, trying to make that one play. But as soon as someone started to throw it on the net, it became scoring chance, scoring chance, scoring chance instead of pass, 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 turnover, pass, 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 turnover. And as soon as they got on board with throwing the puck on net, which really was what Evanson was doing a lot that night, was just throwing it towards the net and seeing what happens, except for the one where he used his speed to come in and beautiful goal by him. But just throwing it at the net instead of passing it and passing it and passing it, I think that's the biggest frustration most fans always share when they're watching the game. It's shoot. They need to shoot. And every fan in the arena is always yelling shoot, which nobody likes. No one wants No one wants to hear that constantly, especially when you're playing, because, you know, you're trying to set up and make that play. You you guys are you're going through practice. You're doing these drills, and you have this setup that you want to do for it. But sometimes you just got to rip it. 
Just rip it and see what happens. Yeah, and it's going to work out in your favor. When pucks go on net, it's a good thing. Now, the biggest difference maker, I think, in the entire game when I'm talking about shooting is Rockford had 42 shots on goal. Holy crap. Grand Rapids had 19. And they won. With and they won 5-4. to four. <laughs> Rockford's goalie was having an off night. It was poor uh, Elmer Soderblom's brother, too. And he didn't score on him. Uh, oh, that was talked about before the game, how he still, I don't think, has scored on him at a pro level. It was close when they did preseason against Chicago. Yeah. They both had played in, in that NHL preseason game. But he still didn't get to score on him. We still we play Rockford a couple more times. Yeah, there's still there's still a chance. There's still a chance for that to happen. But forty two shots to nineteen, like. So we spent a lot of the night in our own end. It's what it felt like. Yeah. There was most of the, I would say the first period they were very dominant in their end. Second period spent a lot of time in their end because you know we were on the one side of the ice. So I'm looking pretty far down. I remember that clearly saying at one point, "Man, it was more fun when they were playing down here." <laughs> but were you were behind? Where did you start? Behind the Griffins. Behind Rockford. The first period. Yeah. So it was, they just need to shoot the puck. And I think that's a shared frustration at Friday night was lack of shooting the puck. I mean, not to jump into Friday night before I wrap Wednesday here, but, you know, 19 shots on Wednesday. Guess how many we had Friday? I don't want to know. 19. Oh, my gosh. Two, Cleveland's 38. 38. <laughs> what, is it, what is that saying? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take? Yeah, Michael Scott said that. Michael Scott. <clears throat> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I think he was on to something. If you shoot the puck, it might go in. Yeah. I mean, again, a 5-4 win is nothing to be like mad about. They won. Ned facing that many shots. Yes, he let in four goals, but he stood on his head most of the game. He was incredible that night. He had to. He, he had no choice. He was kind of hung out to dry most of the time. Um, power play, awful. Again, 0 for 4 in that game. Ouch. Penalty kill, though, was perfect. Oh, that's uh, good. Yep. So that was a nice improvement there. Uh, Rockford had five chances and didn't score. How so many did we have? We, we had four chance. We had four power plays. Sorry, you probably oh, just said that. Yeah, we were 0 for 4 on the power play. They were 0 for 5. So we were 5 for 5 on the penalty kill. So special teams really didn't play a factor in this game. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, goals for the Griffins in that one. I'll just give you the quick rundown here. So, Edmondson got it started off. He assisted by Luff and Johansson. Chase on assisted by Edmondson. Hiroshi had a great game as well. Um, assisted by Johansson. Then there was two Rockford goals. We don't need to get into those. Uh, Shine, another nice little chippy goal from him, too. He was having a game as well. He was feeling it out there. He was chirping left and right, <laughs> just getting under their skin. He was having a lot of fun. Uh, that was assisted by Spiza and Edmondson. Chase on again. So he had a two-goal game as well, assisted by Ernie, your boy. My boy, Ernie. Your boy, Adam Ernie, and Edmondson on that one. And then the last two goals in the game were uh, Rockford's. No empty net goals in that game. Nothing crazy. But That's good. Griffin's only had six shots in the third period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got to shoot the puck. Who stood out Friday, or Wednesday? Simon. Simon. Besides Simon, anybody else? Uh, Chase on. Chase on. Um, Jason's playing some great hockey. It sucks that he loses a couple games here and there because of the veteran rule, but he's playing some really good hockey. We saw it Friday night too. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a fun player to watch. I know he's older and I know like he does want to try to get back to that NHL level at some point in time, but if we can figure our veteran thing out here and he wants to play hockey for another year or two, I don't mind having him on this team. He's big. He's gritty. He knows what, what to do with the puck. He's smart. Uh, he's got that veteran presence on the team, that leadership presence on the team. He's been a fun addition that at first when you hear Griffin sign Alex Chase on, you're like, what the heck are we doing? So you see that they signed him and you're like, what's going on? And it's worked out really well. I mean, in his first couple of games, he was putting the puck in the net too with the Griffins. So he stood out to me. Um, other stand, I mean, like I said, Ned stood on his head. He was a big standout in that one. Uh, Ernie continues to be a standout for me. His forecheck. He is a great forechecker. I don't know if you remember back when the Griffins had Turner Elson, and anytime they were on a penalty kill, he was always on the ice. He was probably one of the best penalty killers this team's ever seen. He probably still is one of the best penalty killers in the AHL. Just being able to get the puck back down deep, keep him against the boards, kill time, and really dig in there and fight. I see a ton of that from Ernie, especially on the penalty kill as well. 
So it's been kind of a nice addition having that back in the system because there was really no other standout besides Pearson does that quite a yeah. bit. Uh, Pearson's really good at that. Pearson's great in the forecheck. Ernie's forecheck has been great. Ernie's grit in... Yeah, I want to get into Ernie on Friday's game. We're going to get into Ernie on Friday's game because I think we were all enjoying Ernie on Friday. I really did. Um, his grit's been fun, man. It's It's just... You can tell the being sent down to the AHL didn't bother him, unless it's made him more angry. I don't know. <laughs> but he's not taking that as, like, oh, I'm playing in the AHL. He's taking it as I still have a chance to prove how good of a hockey player I really am. And he's doing really well with it. I'm He's getting points in most games. and Yeah, he did come down and just kind of slouch. You know, he's still playing hard. He's Zero still playing slouch. Hard. He's, Zero. He's playing hard. Yeah. So I've enjoyed that. So Wednesday, fun some negative spots, but fun. And we won. And we won. Well, winning is important. Winning is the most important part at the end of the day. <laughs> Especially right um, now with this team. Just shoot the puck. <laughs> but anyways, Friday. Friday. <laughs> I'm super excited to talk about Friday's game. because Why? I woke up and our boss bought like 30 tickets for the game for us and our families to go. Okay. So wasn't a normal game for us because I we got split up. I didn't sit with you. I we didn't sit in our regular seats. So I knew we were gonna do the high fives underneath the tunnel before. Oh, the, the high five alley. The yeah. high five alley. Great experience. Yeah. So we got some food before game because we we're coming straight from. A lot of us were coming straight from work, going to the game. He raffled off some prizes. We got to do the pregame handshake. So Ned came out. Simon, Ernie, Johansson, uh, Chason, and Sarnik started. So is Chase on as tall as I think he really is? They were all really tall for me. That's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Simon, yeah, it, it was cool. We had all the kids down there, and as they were walking through, Daniela Bruce walked through too. So I saw Daniela Bruce, and I went, I yelled, Daniela, and she went back. So that was cool. Uh, Daniela obviously was in Grand Rapids Wednesday and Friday. Um, yeah, I didn't know she was going to be there Friday. No, neither did I. That was kind of a surprise. It's cool to see someone from the wings down kind of checking things out. I know she spent some time in Toledo checking out the COSA and the other prospects there. I uh, got to spend two games in Grand Rapids. She got to see the highs and the lows of Grand Rapids in her couple of days here. I was just super pumped. We got to – we went. I went back to the game because I got separated from everybody else. And I was ready. I was ready for puck drop. Everybody else, there was good energy. I mean, the first two minutes, we played pretty well. We came out with some energy, and then it just went flat. You mean by letting Cleveland score two minutes in? Yeah. But hey, but we scored like 40 seconds later. They did. And yeah, they. I mean, they were still fighting the entire time. So that was good. Um, crowd was in it. It was, it was packed. I mean, there was about 8,000 people in it. Yeah, it was a good crowd that night. Good crowd. Just not a very good game. But I will rewatch the game today. Put myself to that torture. Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> so I found the AHL on demand, and I went back through for Friday's game to see what did I miss because I was in the crowd with all of the work employees. Yeah, it ended up going from thirty employees to eighty employees. Jeez, throughout throughout the day, your poor boss, poor Joe, just kept calling to make more tickets and more tickets and more <laughs> tickets. That poor ticket rep. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of people, it was their first game that they were going to, and they were excited to go. They knew that I was big into hockey. I showed up in my Sarnik jersey. I was ready for the game. Uh, everybody's asking me a bunch of questions. So, I'm, like, trying to help them work through, you know, learn the game of hockey. And um, so, I was like, I'm going to go back and rewatch this game and see what did I miss? What did I see? Did we play as bad as we really did? And what was your final thought? Yeah, we did. It, <laughs> it, it, it was bad. Um, so, I mean, first period, I mean, I don't know. Monst Monsters came in with a three-game win streak. That's the longest win streak that they've had all season. And then they got it to four. The first goal was a turnover by Edmondson. Led to a goal. Yeah. Chiara went right back on the attack. Chase had tied it up, which was a good goal. Yeah, uh, it was a nice goal. Sarnik had the apple on it. Mm-hmm. And then Camper tried to clear it. Oh, McIsaac had the assist on that, too. Oh, McIsaac? Okay. Yeah, McIsaac had the secondary. Zarnik had the primary. That's good. McIsaac yep. would play well. Yeah, I'll get to him about this game, too. But continue on. Uh, Camper tried to clear it. Yep. And then was screened. And Puck went in the net. So Happened a lot that night. That happened a lot. A lot of the goals that had happened 
weren't really Ned's fault, I felt. I felt like the D just kind of left him out to dry. Oh, 100%. I don't put that game on Ned at all, and I think that's a good reason why he wasn't pulled at any point in that game. I think Ben Simon saw that he wasn't the one at fault. Do I wish he would have been pulled a little bit? Kind of. But no, at the same time. I was surprised after the second period that he was still in the goal. And it, not because it's Ned's fault, but I was just like, now hearing the stats from Wednesday's game that he got just hammered. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40, what, how many shots? 42 shots? It was, yeah, 42 shots or something like that, I said. Yeah. Hammered no, with... Yeah, 42. 42 shots, and then he comes back and he gives up like three on six shots. Yeah, that's rough. But again, I don't think any of those three were his fault. Um, and seeing how... Bratstrom's last game went, which was a complete confidence shaker for him. I'm kind of happy Simon didn't put him in to be shelled like Ned was that night. Um, This game was a complete defensive letdown. There was one defenseman that played probably the best defensive game he's played all season, and that is McIsaac. But man, did they let their goalie down that game. Not just the defensemen letting their goalie down, the forwards in the neutral zone, turning it over constantly, not being able to break in and get into the other team's zone, just defensively all over the place. It was a bad game. It was a terrible game. The There was a lot of dump and chase. There was a lot of dump and chase. There was a lot of block shots. So every time we did get down to the uh, offensive end, we had a block shot or a sloppy pass. So like they had the chances that they were close. If the passes were crisper, they were, get, like, they were wound up, ready to go, and they couldn't get the pass. They couldn't control the pass. They couldn't put it on lit. It was it was bad. Yeah, this was so I told you when I ran into you at the game that this was kind of a game I was going to focus on three players and really kind of watch their play because I really wanted to see what their development looked like at this point. That went out the window by mid-second period because there was so much chaos happening. But I felt like Ned came out second period ready to play too. Like he, he came back and was trying. Ned was not shaking at all in this game. No, and I felt bad for him because there was one point in the first period that he made a save like right after giving up two, and the crowd just kind of got on him of like, yay, good job. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, that's going to happen in these situations especially. You can tell the team kind of lost the crowd in this one. Very quickly. Like, Very quickly. The So my buddy works over at 20 Monroe Live, mm. but he looked out and he saw that people were leaving. He goes, oh, let's be a bad game because people were leaving early and often. Yeah, I mean... My girlfriend was ready to leave mid-second period. I was about 2-2. Two, two, I'm, I'm glad I didn't because we saw some stuff happen that we'll definitely talk about. So when I talk, though, about the players being not defensively sound, but one player was, when I say McIsaac played his best game. McIsaac made at least three or four incredible plays to keep the puck in the Cleveland zone or to steal the puck from them in the neutral zone to try to make a play happen. Like, we, you know he had that assist. Um, on the first goal, he was the only plus-minus player that was positive in that game on the entire team. He was plus one. For real? Yeah. So staying plus one in a game where your team gets shelled with six goals and you're a defenseman, thumbs up to him. Great game. Who Love is, to see it. Who is his partner? That's what I'll get into with the defense. <laughs> so, granted, statistic-wise and paying really close attention to lines and everything like that, is not my strong suit, especially in the AHL. In the NHL, yeah, I can tell you which pairings, what, and the Red Wings, all that fun stuff. AHL, it's a little different. I know the coaching style is different. There was a point, though, in the third period. I think it was the beginning of the third period. I looked on the ice, and I see Edvinson on the ice to begin the period. Three minutes in, I see Edvinson on the ice still. And I noticed he'd been paired with three different people at that point. They were double-shifting him. They were. He was almost triple-shifted at this point. Ben Simon had the blender going on defense. He did not keep a pairing together through that entire third period. They were all playing with different people the entire time. It started to happen with the forwards, too. Because all of a sudden, I know, like, pretty easy to pick out Elmer and Simon. Because yeah. they're tall. They are but very tall. They're very tall, as my girlfriend calls them, the trees. When she looks at me and goes, all the trees are on the ice. Because I never see Edmondson, Elmer, Chase on, all of them on the ice together. All of a sudden, they, there they were. And I'm like, okay, that's not the line that started the game. That doesn't make any sense. Next shift, oh, it's completely different again. He had the he had the Blashell blender going more than I've ever seen before in that game. Can we retire that blender? I thought we did. I thought we sent it to Tampa Bay and took their coach. <laughs> and he's better. Sorry, oh. I, I love alone. Um, 
that I just don't really... I know he was looking for a spark. He was trying to find something shaking up the lines. I get it. Defensively, you can't do that. You cannot shake it up that much. And Edmondson looked exhausted after the first four minutes of that period. I felt bad for him because he didn't play a great game at all. No, and he had a fantastic game Wednesday and went into this as well. But when when you're on defense, you're only as good as your partner sometimes. You know, we've seen it with Mo in Detroit. It, sometimes you just don't mesh well with the right person. Yeah. Johansson and Edmondson and Lashoff and Edmondson mesh really, really well. And Johansson was barely paired up with him whatsoever throughout the game. Which, after the game he had Wednesday with him, I don't know what sense that made to split them up like that. That's he so played odd. with Camford a lot. And I hate that pairing, and I think he does too. <laughs> Oh man, it's a, it's not a good one. It's not. A, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Camphor has his shining moments with the right people. Who's he, who's he normally paired with? Again, it's all over the place. But I usually see him with New Power. That which makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. The blender like that, it can't happen. Um, and as much I love Sobrango, he was getting double shifted in the third as well which after was- getting smoked in the back. So that actually wasn't Sabrango that got smoked. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I when I watched it today, uh, it was actually Weatherby. Oh, Jas- okay, so I missed that completely from where we were sitting. It looked the opposite. No, Jas- so Jasper got knocked. Okay. And he went down, and then Sabrango got tangled up in that uh, group. What is it? What do they call it? The, uh, that scrum? The scrum. <laughs> uh, and then he got knocked. Uh, so Sabrango got knocked down. And they weren't sure what happened to him, but the announcer for Cleveland thought that maybe he got cut. Mm, so he, okay. he left, and then he came back He because he ran down the trainer of uh, the tunnel. So I'm going to guess a cut of some sort. I didn't say what it was. They, I still haven't heard of what, what had happened, um, what, what the injury was. He came back, though, and he was holding his like upper back uh, mm, Okay. At the like end of the tunnel, he did play a couple more shit. Obviously, he was, he was, yeah, they were throwing him out there. Yeah, back to back him out there after something like that. I just didn't really agree with, but it was good to see him come back because that was sheer panic mode when he went off the ice after just being back in Grand Rapids. And obviously, he's brought the element of his game back to Grand Rapids, which we all love because it's gritty and puts it all out there. Seeing him go off the ice in a game like that, you're like, oh crap, this is only getting worse. So it was good to see him come back at least. And who is our now Giovanni? Our Giovanni Smith. Who is our, our new goon, our fighter? Everybody kept asking me Friday night, and I'm like, I would say either Sobrango or Shine. Like, well, I mean, the fighters are always going to be Sobrango in there. I haven't really seen him drop the gloves like that yet. Yeah. Uh, Shine, of course. Shine's going to fight no matter what. Um, new power, as yeah. long as he doesn't have his cage on, which it, he's made it two games without. Congrats, buddy. I'm proud of you. We love that. Love to see it. And then, He's the one that'll throw down, though. He's not afraid. Uh, who's our current... Smith, we don't have one because again, I love Giovanni Smith, but we traded with Tam- with Kowski last year. We traded Winter, Mathurass long gone, Smith's now gone. We don't have one of those guys per se, but what we got back for Smith and Danny O'Regan has been fantastic. Uh, probably one of my favorite players when he's on the ice lately. Uh, one of the players, like I said, I was going to focus on in that game was Weatherby, who we got in the Criscolo trade. And obviously, like I said, I lost track of that midway through the game, just getting frustrated. But the first half of the game that I was really focused on him, he's good, man. He's just a dominant player when he gets in the zone. Uh, face-offs, he's fantastic. Uh, definitely provides some younger center depth that the team needed. I've enjoyed watching him. I think a lot of the fans are starting to enjoy him, too. Any uh, any standouts for you on Friday? Mine's McIsaac, obviously. What This is a couple games back from injury. Played really well. What about you? What do you got? My standout player was Adam Rooney. Uh, there was plenty of times that players were on the other team, Cleveland, were running at our players, and Adam stepped up and shielded them. Mm-hmm. Like, he came in and protected them, swung them away. He didn't fight with them. He just stepped up and protected between the two. And there was one point in the first period, and I can't remember who he stepped up for. And then in the second period, he did it for uh, Edmondson. That was like that was huge to me because we don't really see that a whole lot for Griffiths or even like the wings. We don't see a whole lot of you know people pulling or stepping up and trying to protect our our guys. So I I, li- I really like seeing that from Adam. But yeah, 
yeah, like, like we talked about with Wednesday's game, I've really enjoyed having him here. I know I've always been a little harsh on him, especially in Detroit, but he's quickly becoming um, a player I enjoy watching. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't get to watch him in person enough, and I just wasn't focused on him when I'm watching in Detroit what he would do there. And I know he brought that element in Detroit too, uh, especially in the games like in the past when they were struggling, he would take over, and you know we'd have those two goal games. Um, I've I've enjoyed him in Grand Rapids. I like having him here. I hope he's not part of a trade package for right now because uh, he's been fun to watch. So Ernie's your is that your only standout for that game? Yeah, yeah, that's that fair. Definitely was. You weren't sitting by us during the game. You're sitting with your work crew. Uh, I was fortunate enough, uh, I love when this happens sometimes in Grand Rapids where you get a traveling fan or fans from the other team that have come up to Grand Rapids to watch their game, and unfortunately in front of us there was a family of four uh, Cleveland Monster fans that drove up here, they're on their midwinter break for school down there, so their family was up here catching the game, and they were catching the next two Monsters games in Chicago as well, um, was chatting with them a little bit during the intermission. And kind of asked him, like, so what's what's this team like? You know, how's their season been? And the guy literally laughed at me and goes, uh, just like Grand Rapids. Uh, you have games where they're like this, and at that point they were up big on us. And then he's like, then you have games where you're shaking your head going, what the heck's going on? Uh, that was cool to get to talk to them. And, yeah, really any other takeaway from that game for me just continues to be, obviously, shoot the puck. Uh, my last takeaway from Friday's game is that game brought us the same referee officiating crew that we started this season with um i only know it because one of the guys if he had a tinted visor looks just like shorzy <laughs> um and kind of skates like him too it kind of cracks me up so it's the same crew there that was doing it and i'm not going to go on too bad of a rant here but my god they're terrible yeah the ahl officiating has not been great this year so when we have the crew that comes in with the um one female lines linesman that comes in she's funny yeah that crew I see an even game called most of the time. There's missed calls here and there, but they're good at the makeup call sort of thing. Some of the stuff that was called Friday night was borderline disgusting. I haven't seen more a poorly officiated game with a score like that in a while. Obviously, you know, we talked about Weatherby getting run at there. Weatherby was standing still when Cleveland ran at him. Yeah. He wasn't moving. He was just standing there by the bench. Um, and then the calls from that, somehow I think we only came out with like a two-minute power play on that one? No, so what happened was there was a five-minute power play. There was a game misconduct. Oh, right. And so this was actually a turning point in the game. And so I wanted to leave it the second period, and this started, and I was like, okay, if we can get any traction going, it's going to be right here. We're up five. We're a five-minute power play. If we can start getting cycle chances, put some pucks in the net, we're going to be all right, and we can come back because we were only down by I think three at that point. And maybe we could shift some of the momentum back to us. And then what happened was like two minutes in, Elmer takes the penalty, and then so it was like five on three at that point, and we had chances, we had an opportunity, we did get a goal. Uh, O'Regan, your boy, yeah, got one. And assisted by Chase on. So a two-point game for Chase on and uh, Adam Ernie again. Just wanted to throw that out there, make sure Big Ern gets the credit for his point. And then that was it. And then I was like, this game is done. I oh, wanted, it was toast by that point. I wanted to leave at the third, start of the third period. I'm surprised I didn't, but at the same time, it was getting chippy enough to where I didn't want to miss something to not be able to talk about it without having to watch it back on TV. That five-minute power play was the most frustrating thing I watched that entire game. Like, you've got to score on that there. You've got to try to get at least two on that there in a game like this. And they obviously failed to. Power play went one for six in that game. At least we got one there. Cleveland's went two for six. But I think you hit on the point where, you know, we talk about Elmer took a penalty at some point there as well, um, where we would have had a five on three during that five-minute period, or that five-minute power play for us. And Elmer took it on sportsmanlike. Don't know what he said. We can't do things like that in in uh, in cases like that. We've got to be able to, you know, if the team's chirping, let it go, play, get your five on three and go. Um, you you hate to see a point where the other team's already getting called for something and then we, we make a decision that doesn't work out in our favor that eliminates half that power play for us. Yeah, because at that point, I mean, we were down by three. Yeah. Down by three. Oh, yeah. We needed a couple goals to get back. I mean, after that power play, it was the air out of the balloon was pretty much gone. How many shots before we before we close out this game? Because obviously, wait, I have more to talk about in this game. 
Oh, man, you have more to talk. All right, well, we'll hit you with this one as an even breakup because I think the rest is going to be a little more frustration here at this point. So we'll lead in with the beginning frustration. How many shots do you think the Griffins had on goal in the third? <laughs> third period of a game where you're getting smoked and you need to leave it all on the ice there to yeah. try to make a comeback. How many shots did we have on goal? Probably six. We had two. <laughs> I felt I felt like the third period we didn't really do much. It was just like uh, we were just kind of riding it out, hoping to get it done with. Go home. There was no. There wasn't really a whole lot of penalties. There wasn't really a whole lot of shots. Uh, it the the game was over by the second period. Yeah, and I think I hit on last episode. Um, you know, there was players in those prior games against Manitoba where the game got out of hand, and there was only a couple people trying. There was nobody trying in the third besides McIsaac. That's why I was surprised they left night in. I was fully expecting them to pull him, uh, give him the rest of the, the night off, put Brats from in, just finish it out because it was the game was the game was over. I'm grateful they left him in. I know, I know that sounds terrible. He looked he's, frustrated. He was frustrated because he was really being hung out to dry. I think he's professional enough, and he's been in this league long enough to know that to know that those goals were not his fault. Yeah, not a single goal was his fault. One was sniped, but it hit the post and it went in. The other ones, they were open nets. Like and Johansson left a guy open at one point, and he scored. Like it was, it was a mess. It was a mess of a game. I felt so, like, I was so excited at the start of the game, and then by the second period, I was like, what the heck? I'm ready to leave. Like, this was, it was embarrassing. I had 80 people, (laughs) not really 80 people, but I had, like, several people from work being like, Nick, what happened? Nick, you go to all the games? Nick, what? What, do they think you coach it? What is going on? And I'm just like, yeah, this, this is, we have highs and lows. This team is very Jekyll and Hyde. Which shows for the record, they're right around 500. That's, I hate that. We, there's so much skill on this team. Which Cleveland, when I watched the game today, I had to watch it on the away audio, and Cleveland announcers were like, it doesn't really add up here. There's so much NHL talent on this team, and their record should be way better than what it shows. I mean, well, coming, coming from Cleveland, like the other team's announcers are seeing this and saying this, like, that stood out, and they said it in the beginning of the game. Not while we were down four, well, I mean, probably at that point we were down by two. Well, I mean, we hit on it and touched on it last episode in small increments. Um, but, I mean, do we just address the elephant in the room on that one? There's no elephant anymore. The, it's it's there. Uh, there were plenty of fans that night that were like, we were, they need to fire the coach. I was on Twitter all night <laughs> uh, reading the recaps from everybody else tweeting out and it was a lot of the big argument was again what we discussed last week was is it a is this team supposed to be used for development or is it supposed to be for winning which one do you want out of this team and i saw both sides of it but a lot of like season ticket holders they're not gonna renew next season based off of the fact of how poorly this team played this year which is unfortunate because we still have so many good prospects coming that are going to be exciting to watch, and you just hope that that's not how this goes. Um, I'm questioning about re-upping for next year, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's... For a full season? I don't want to watch. They're 9-11 and 11 for home. 9-11 yeah. and 11 at home. So we've seen more losses than we've seen wins. Yeah. And we've seen more talent, because everybody's being dropped down from Detroit, but it still doesn't make up... Like, it's not fun to go to the games and watch them lose. No, it's uh, miserable. It you know it takes a lot of time out of our days, uh, all the fans' days. You know they spend their hard earned money on these games. They take time out of their day to go watch these guys play. And you know you know me, I'm I'm just a hockey fan in general. I'm gonna go watch hockey whether they're winning or losing. I'm gonna go enjoy it as much as possible um, on both sides. And, you know, try to understand both teams and everything. It was bad. Like, even uh, some of the guys that I work with, they were saying, the fans around them were saying, the coach needs to be fired, the coach needs to be gone, they need to move on. There's got to be some change coming up. Like, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I'm excited if Casper and Wallander come over for next season. I'm excited. I might do a 20-game package, but I just cannot foresee doing a a full game. No, I can't foresee a full full season (laughs) watching this again. And I'm always there for the vibes. Like... (laughs) <laughs> that's like, why you go in person i mean you can watch this dumpster fire on tv yeah and i might consider just doing that next season and just buy the nhl we season did that a season ago and just hit a couple games here and there how much is that i don't know um, well it'll probably change next season everything seems to be going up next season including season tickets yeah 
I don't want to take away everything for Ben Simon. There, there's been if, if this team oh, is, you're if, gonna play good cop this time. <laughs> I mean, why not? If this team is development, there's been good development through the teams, right? Or through the players that have come through this team. Here's my biggest problem with that, though. If this is a development league, when Steve Eiserman ran Tampa Bay, Syracuse Crunch, Tampa's affiliate, was one of the top teams in the league every single year. They won while still developing great talent. I mean, I remember watching players like Yanni Gord play for Syracuse and seeing what they would do there. Even when we had Mo on this team, we didn't make the playoffs. Like We haven't made the playoffs in a long time. Since 2018. The year Ben Simon was hired. Oh, so we're five years into this, and we have no playoff appearances. None at all. Which, okay, at the same point, Detroit also doesn't have any playoff appearances in that time either. So the whole cabinet is empty of prospects. Steve just refilled them. I mean, how like we're getting? Yeah, the talent has has it changed? Has the talent changed Detroit? Yes, he reloaded in free agents this year. Um, not, not really, though, if you think about it, because he re- really replaced Verano, Bertuzzi, and who else has been out? You name it, everyone's been out at some point, <laughs> it feels like. My boy Raymond's out right now. Um, to backtrack, to, be, to get on track with that, is yes, the talent has changed a little in Detroit, but the mentality has changed more in Detroit than what it was before. The play style has changed. The, the want to win is there. That's all on the coach. We hear how he talks about the team. Even when they have bad games, it's not, you know, oh, well, you know, I thought we played good here and here and move on. He he knows, yeah, we did bad here. And, you know, in the beginning of the season, it, this this Detroit team was not a playoff team. Nobody said the Wings are making the playoffs this year. Oh, all my friends thought they were after all these additions. <laughs> I knew better. Yeah, the the normal people knew better. <laughs> um, the average fan. <laughs> the average fan was knew, excited for the... Was excited, but the ones who've been watching every game through the dumpster fire years know what we were getting into this year but we knew that there was a shot there this team would have a fighting chance maybe and it's february 19th and we're still talking playoffs in detroit i'm not trying to get too hopeful i'm not gonna get hopeful either and will i be disappointed if we make it no i'm not gonna be disappointed because what this team has done this year with the injuries with the drama this team's been exciting to watch i mean marco casper when he's here i mean it's gonna be very exciting if lombardi will be here that's gonna be exciting Simon Evanson's going to be in Detroit. I'm calling that right now. I will put the money down on that. Simon Evanson will be in Detroit next season. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he'll be coming. Albert Johansson will be in Grand Rapids next season. I think he'll be in GR. Stephen Camfer will be a Boston Bruin next season. I'm just joking. There's going to be some <laughs> crazy, crazy trade. Um, I saw someone literally joking about that on Twitter before we hit record. Really? It was, yeah, it was a complete joke. It's a troll. Um, but God dang it, Blast Drill. <laughs> <laughs> But to wrap on the Griffins, before we get into some positivity, coach needs to go. The team needs a new voice in the room. Something's got to change. And God, I hope it comes before the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see how many people redo after. Like, my, I love going to the games. Don't get me wrong. I love going to the games. I didn't realize that I spent $37 on uh, two beers and a non-alcoholic beer. So I bought two for Tom. Oh. Uh, till the next day. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, that's pricey because I don't drink. So... Uh, I was like, wow, I now feel for you guys who do drink and have to watch this team play so poorly. Yeah, because you have to drink to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and the lines weren't that long Friday either, which I was surprised after the second oh, period. Thank God for $2 beers sometimes. Um, yeah, hopefully it changes. Hopefully uh, we see. I'd be okay with them firing them and the assistant coach is the interim coach until the end of the season, even at this point. Just make that move to get rid of them. And I think that'll change a lot. I don't think it'll change the result in the ice because I still think through all the coaches there, there's a problem because your assistant coach most of the time is going to run your special teams and that's bad too right now. But it's all bad. <laughs> it's bad. That's good. Yes. But I know hearing through people talking, I mean, there was, I remember sitting next to a fan once that uh, was very in tune with the season prior when Riley Barber played there. Riley Barber and Ben Simon did not get along. Oh wow! There was a there was bad blood there, and then Riley Barber's gone. He's I even remember after hearing this person say that, and it was during warmups, and they had made eye contact with each other, and it was like the death stare. Changes if, needed. Changes needed at this point, man. But you know where change is not needed right now? Toledo. Oh my gosh! This team gets more and more exciting each week we talk about it. You're getting. I could tell you're just getting excited after we. I brought them up last week. 
I saw you tweeting everything back and retweeting. And you're, I think, I feel like you're all in now. Oh, I'm all in on the walleye this season. <laughs> we, I, I have nothing here to be excited about in Grand Rapids $2 except beer. for two dollar beers and some of our players. The walleye and their goaltending right now are fire. Super exciting. We need to figure out what game we're actually going to go to because one, the stadium looks super cool. It does. Two, even their team store looked really nice. It did. Which I was like, oh, I might. You know, I want a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have to go down there. And the problem, though, is that they're so they sell out their tickets super fast. We're looking at weeks ahead, and the tickets are already gone, or they're just upper bowl like nosebleed seats, which could still be good. We don't know. It's just not where we normally sit. Which is okay. We're I mean, pushy. I want to see these people up close in action. Like, I'm excited about this team right now. We so, need to figure out a day. Or we go to Kalamazoo and watch them play versus the K-Wings because Kalamazoo's a little bit closer than Toledo for us. So we talked. They played Wednesday when the, the Griffins, or the same day the Griffins and the Wings played as well. They won. They won. What f- about that game? Five to one. Uh, they Well, we had 34 shots on that they, compared to 23. So we spent a lot of, well, obviously we spent a lot of time in their offense as well because we got five goals out of it. God, that's so much better than 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost double there, buddy. It is. Mass not a strong center of mine, but it was almost double. Uh, our prospects that we have there for Grand Rapids would be Warren. Two assists. Mm-hmm. Finished plus one. Nice. Bliss. I feel like he didn't play. He didn't show up on the score sheet at all. Okay. So we'll have to take a look into that. Yeah. Uh, he was also named Rookie of the Month last month. Trenton Bliss was named Rookie of the Month last month? Yeah. Good for him, man. I like Bliss. Hopefully he comes up here soon. Uh, Kirill had two shots. Barton. Okay. Seth Barton had three assists. Jeez. Plus two. One shot. Two penalty minutes. So Seth's doing all right, too. Who was in goal that game? Lethamid. Okay. Gave up the first goal. On the, like, first shot. So it was, like, the first minute and a half into the game. It's a shaky start. And then nothing after. Dang. So, I, I mean, he, he played well. Uh, they won that game what again? I'm sorry? Five to one. Beautiful. And that was against Rapid City. Okay. It was a new game. Nothing crazy. I, I just listened to it on iHeartRadio. If you go to Toledo's website, they just live the radio it over. So. Very cool. Very okay. easy to find. Friday's game. Since we gave up on the Griffins after the second period, uh, we started tuning into Toledo. Six nothing. Who was in goal that game? Our boy, Seabass. Seabass. It was Kosa. So that was that was cool because I remember uh, running into you at second intermission. And <laughs> you're like Hawkins has a hat trick. I was like, I Dude, told you this guy's good. Was that natural hat trick? It was a natty hatty in that game. And Kosa, a six nothing shutout victory. His third. His third. pro shutout. Third pro shutout. Our other prospects that were there: Warren plus two, one shot. Okay. Bliss Bliss played, showed up on the score sheet. One goal, three apples. Jeez. Plus three, three shots, zero penalty minutes. Nice. Okay. So nice bounce back game. If he maybe maybe he had a, it, or maybe he just needed a maintenance day. Who know. knows? Uh, Kirill had three assists. <laughs> He's over 30 on the season now, right? Yeah, plus two, two shots, and then Barton had a plus three with three shots. So, I mean, overall, it was it was a good game for our guys. Uh, Lethamid was goalie of the week for the ECHL. I, I don't understand. I don't. Uh, we need to go figure out what's going on down there. We're going to have to take a trip. It's yeah. not that far of a drive. Well, we talked we're going to try to go see him play the K-Wings in Kalamazoo. That's not a far drive for us at all. I want to be in that stadium, though, in Toledo. Oh, we're still going to figure out a way to go to Toledo, um, for sure. But, yeah, their Friday game, Kosa getting another shutout. That's back-to-back for him. That is back-to-back shutouts. Continuing this amazing save percentage and goals against he's had since the start of the new year. The kid's finding his way, and I'm really excited about it. But then I was even more excited when I saw their result Saturday night. Playing Rapid City again. In another shutout. So, the walleye with back-to-back shutouts on the weekend. Hawkins with another goal in that game as well. So, a four-goal weekend for him. I'm surprised they haven't called him up to Grand Rapids with uh, with Crossout. Well, we're no expert in what the contracts and everything look like between these teams. We're still learning and trying to figure things out ourselves as we've drifted into covering more than just the Griffins on this. But, man, I'm... Like you said, am I all in on this team right now? Heck yeah, I'm all in on this team right now. They are exciting. I 
feel like the whole state of Ohio is too. <laughs> Just based off of that. I mean, the Blue out. Jackets suck, so that's what they got to work with. There was a play in the first period of the Toledo game where the defenseman he lost his stick and he swatted it out of the out of the um, the defensive zone. Uh, <laughs> They had shared it on Twitter. Toledo actually has a really good social media team, too. Yeah, so they do. They've they, been, that's been helping me get into it a little more because they do share a lot of things. They share the little clips and the highlights right away, too. Um, so it allows me to see what's going on. And seeing what Kosa and Lethemann are doing right now is really exciting. Um, yeah, because he, he would probably be up here next season. Kosa? That'd be my guess. Oh, 1,000% sure he'll be here next season. The way things are going there, I don't see why not. I mean, we got a new coach for the Griffins. They might be able to pull him up. That could be exciting. Him and Wallander and Casper. I forget about Wallander sometimes. He's been playing really well. He has. Um, yeah, Toledo. Toledo. Exciting three games there. They're currently tied for second in their conference. I don't think they're going to catch Idaho. Idaho's up at 79 points in the conference. So that would be a tough one. But they are Toledo's 8-1-1 one, and one in the last 10. So they just keep winning. That's, that's important. Keep winning. They have good culture, it looks like. And everybody's excited. Yeah. Idaho has a hockey team. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got stuck on that there. As soon as you said Idaho, I was like, wait a second. And they're really good. First in the conference. Interesting. Good Uh, for them. Good for them. No. Toledo, exciting stuff there. Great three games there. Um, Their next three games, they got Friday, they got Indy, and then they have back-to-back home games against Wichita. And, is it a Saturday Sunday situation or? Yeah, and if you really like Hawkins, you could show up on the twenty sixth and get a bobblehead. Oh, I mean, I just like hockey bobbleheads in general. <laughs> as long as they, yeah, not broken when you get home and open them. That's happened to me a few times. Yeah, that's a rough one. Flint, Firebirds. They're the next exciting team that I mean, yes, they're not a playoff team, but there's been some excitement there. Yeah, our boy Lombardi had a good weekend. Uh, so Thursday they played Windsor. Lombardi had a goal with a minute 30 left, set the puck uh, from the right face-off, hits the defender, and goes in to ties the game with a minute and a half left to go into overtime. Nice. Flint, unfortunately, lost in overtime, but we picked up a point. Lombardi got a goal. Who did they play? Uh, Windsor. Windsor? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he also had an assist. He set up Hayes for his 28. Uh, Lombardi finished that game with one goal, one apple, plus one, five shots. Plus one when you give up six goals. So Again, you, you always like to see that. Yeah, and I actually really like Flint's uh, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go back through and watch highlights. They do a really good job of showing those. Nice, good stuff, good to know. Toledo, you you can't. Yeah. But Toledo shares fun. a lot of clips on, on Twitter, so yep. uh, there's always ways to be able to see what's going on. Hey, that's the one I was trying to go to. Man, you should have. I should have went to it, and I saw... <laughs> Holy smokes. You, you were, what were, you, were you watching it? No, I just caught the... Uh, Score at the end there and realized they destroyed Kitchener. Yeah, um, caught that when I got home last night and destroyed them six one in that game. And I know Lombardi kicked off the scoring in that game as well. Yeah, slap shot <sighs> on a four out of three, so he's on the power play. I saw the highlight of that one. It was pretty freaking wicked too. Yeah, that was sick. Uh, he had the same thing on. He had a, his assist was almost kind of the same thing too. Uh, nice. He had that the Petrie. Kind of deflected it in over the goalie. Okay. So, uh, yeah, again. And Giroux had a good game in that one too, right? Giroux. <laughs> it's funny you bring him up. So that's the jersey that actually won. Oh, nice. So I have to go get it. Uh, well, I'm not going to go get it. I'm going to have my dad go get it because he lives around the corner. You should have went and got it yesterday. <sighs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, if I would have went out, would have got the Drew, I would have got my jersey. And uh, But, yeah, his goal... Drew's goal. It was the fourth goal. Super sick. Goalie was out of position. Drew was behind him and then just kind of dangled and put it in. <laughs> I okay. The goalie noticed that he was out of position. They kind of like jumped back and Drew and dangled and put it in. It okay. was it was a good goal. I'll take that. I like it. His brother actually plays for uh, the Manitoba team, I believe. Oh, nice. His brother's in the NHL. They've got a... Flint actually has a couple prospects that have been drafted by the NHL teams. Yeah. Besides Lombardi. Drew's one of them. No. No? He's not drafted yet. Oh. Uh, Kuzman. Okay. He's playing for the Jets. Well, drafted by the Jets. Hayes, Chicago. Cranley for St. Louis. Cressler's drafted by Toronto. And then uh, this guy, Garouf, is playing for the Sharks. Or drafted by the Sharks. Oh, cool. Okay. Guy we got to keep an eye on is Bertuki. 
He's six foot two. 39 points. He's got 24 points in his last 22 games. Jeez. Yeah, he's just somehow just really developed. Uh, and I was looking at this, too. Their coach right now, so they do a coach and general manager are the same same guy. Okay. Ted Dent. Name sounds familiar? No. He was a Rockford Icehogs uh, demon coach. Oh, okay. Interesting. So if we're going to look at player or coach profiles for next game, <laughs> next game might as well look at Ted Dent. I mean, I'll profile Toledo's coach, too. Yeah, to the, uh, that would be a good one, too. I don't um, know where Toledo's coach came from. Yeah. Griffin's ahead of us this week. We have, well, we have a game today currently going on right now yeah. uh, where we're up 3-2 to two at the end of the first. They're playing Manitoba today. End of the first? End of the first already. Holy crap. Uh, they play Manitoba again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So, quick turnaround game against them again. Uh, we get a nice three days off. Then Friday, we see the Wolves come to town. And then we see the monsters back in town on Saturday. The monsters were scary. Monsters can be scary sometimes. The weird thing too. Monsters weren't scary. We just played like garbage. The weird thing too is that we've beaten Cleveland quite a bit over the like the last ten years or whatever it was. Like the I was reading the game notes. We're traditionally better than we've beaten them every time. Most Michigan teams own Ohio teams <laughs> over the past couple of years. <laughs> I had to get that one in there. We can't slander Ohio that bad. No, we won't. Toledo is there. We need Toledo. We do need Toledo. But no, so a busy weekend of Griffin's coverage for us here. Um, we won't talk about the Manitoba game that's currently going on right now tonight, and we won't talk about tomorrow's game right now because it hasn't happened yet. We'll probably do a midweek recording maybe, depending on how these two games go, since this is two important games for this team. Um, Are they really that important anymore? I'm not giving up. <laughs> Are we out? I'm giving up. Yeah, we're, we're basically out at this point. Um, I'm not, I, you know, but every game is important in your division, no matter what. Because um, you always want to try to be the team that spoils the party if you're out of the party. Anything else you want to add for this week? Oh, yes, I do want to add something. So, for some of you older Griffin's followers. I know what you're going to talk about. Mr. Right Wing Chris Neal became the first Griffin's player to have his jersey retired by an NHL team. Yeah, I know you didn't follow the Griffins back then. No. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Chris Neal was a childhood favorite of mine, watching him. That's back when my parents had season tickets and everything like that. 24 goals and 55 points in 129 games with Grand Rapids. He made his pro debut and helped lead the team to the Turner Cup, which was the IHL's finals back then, um, and two division titles. This is my favorite stat line for him. <laughs> 655 penalty minutes, fourth in team history. <laughs> he had 354 penalty minutes in the 2000-2001 season, which is the third most in a single season by a Griffin. 354 in a season is the third most by a Griffin. <laughs> there have been some enforcers in our days in this as this team. We just don't get that anymore. The old school hockey, like I know. Fights and things like that, I miss it. He played 1,026 NHL games after making his de- debut, uh, the third most of any Griffins player. So a lot of people question why Ottawa retired Chris Neal's number. He wasn't a top point getter no. or anything like that. Chris Neal was the most reliable player you could rely on to keep a game going in the direction you wanted it to go. He was Mr. Reliable. You needed him to go out there and shake things up. That dude knew how to shake things up. People were terrified of him. Um, I mean, we, you know, you've watched the old Mighty Ducks movies, the Bash Brothers. Back <laughs> then, we had the Bash Brothers on this team, and he was one of them. A super exciting player. Always was a fan favorite, no matter what was happening. Super happy to see that Ottawa honored him like that and retiring his number. You think it was deserved? Oh, 1,000%. 1,000%. Um, I mean, that guy put his body on the line for that team for all the years he played there. So super excited for him. Super excited to see a Griffin get their number retired in the NHL. That's a huge accomplishment there. There's part of me that hopes Grand Rapids follows up and does the same thing for him at this point. Honestly, we've done a couple of them this year, and I could see that number being retired as well. He has, He's not retired by the Griffins? He's not. There's only three players retired by the Griffins, which is Michelle Picard, Travis Richards, and Jeff Hogan. Richards and... Uh, Hogan both being captains of the team, Hogan being the captain of the team when they won the first Calder Cup, was the centerpiece of that team for leadership when they won that trophy. And Picard was just an amazing player. 
Um, so I hope the Griffins follow suit and honor him as well with that. That would be really, really cool in my opinion, and I can totally see him doing it at this point next season. I, I don't see why not. That'll bring that'll bring a crowd. You want to see a crowd? That'll bring a crowd, guaranteed. That'll be cool. Yeah. But anything else you want to add to this week's episode? No, I think I got all of it. Did you? Yeah. Good. Me too. Yeah. Uh, good no. At that. Exciting week of hockey coming up again for us. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, I know I'll be at the game with you Friday. I will not be at the game with you on Saturday, which is really unfortunate after how the last Cleveland game went with how chippy it was. I really wish I was going. I just can't miss that much work. But I don't, I don't know if I'll go Saturday. Yeah, I really don't know. You probably should. I'm going to figure somebody else to go with. DMs are open. GR Hockey Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod, and your host, Nick, at GR Hockey Guy, and Brandon, at Brandon Cook 397